Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran, and you may know me from such films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and a whole bunch of USQ films. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Folks, our next guest is looking to add another contender into the pro wrestling gaming world. Coming soon, the Aki-inspired wrestling game Ultra Pro Wrestling will be heading to consoles near you, courtesy of HyperFocus Games. I have lead designer Sam Valley here to tell us about this and more. Sam, welcome to Talk Time Live. Hi, thanks very much for having me. So you guys are, are Scotland right now, and uh, how's the weather up there? Um, it's actually not too bad. We're just kind of getting into our summer, I think. Hopefully, um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not too bad. Awesome, that is good to hear. I mean, you're actually my first Scotland interview ever. Like, I I feel like I'm reaching around the world. I feel like my podcast should have bumper stickers of where I've actually spoke to people at this point. <laughs> it's pretty awesome to be able to reach out to you guys and learn from you guys. So it's, it's a pleasure to have you here, especially when we're talking about one of my favorite subgenres, and that's wrestling games. So. You know, upon finding out about this game and, you know, me being one of many cult fans of the Aki era <laughs> or the N64 era, if you will, um, I was astonished to see that this project was going on and, it, you know, and the story behind it. So before we even talk about Ultra Pro Wrestling, I am very much intrigued about origin stories from indie game developers. A lot of them, a lot of stories stem from the people that I spoke, you know, I interviewed prior to. Um, they usually stem from people working uh, or previously employed by top tier game companies or that they are, you know, someone with a dream to do their own game of some sorts. Can you talk about how and why you became a game developer first? Sure. Um, I actually became a game developer because a couple of my friends got into that field. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I guess they, they kind of did really well. Uh, one of them now works for Rockstar. Um, so I watched their kind of career path take off and, um, you know, before that much of my life I'd spent actually such a big wrestling fan that up until I was about 20, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a wrestler. So, um, <laughs> so when I, when that kind of all fell apart and then I saw my friends take off with the, the, the video game, um, stuff, that's, that, that was when I decided that I wanted to do that. So yeah, yeah I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily get into it to to do a wrestling game. Uh, mm -hmm. I just, uh, re wrestling and video games, I guess, were my two biggest passions. Uh, right. But when I started doing video games, it was all uh, Apple uh, and Android uh, mobile games. Yeah. Um, it's, I started off small, 2D uh, type stuff. Um, and wow. yeah, it just kind of grew. 
so in hindsight, like, are you, are you, do you have any programming experience prior to this or, um, any, any type of coding, you know, skills of that sort that led you to say, like, I can do this. This is not a normal thing that people just up and say, <laughs> yeah, no, well, uh, so when I decided that I wanted to do it, um, and I guess with video games, there are lots of different areas. Um, yes. so you kind of don't know where to start, you know, uh, like I say, one of my friends that, that now works for rockstar it was pr the programming uh route yeah. that he went um another one of my friends he ended up doing more um 3d modeling art mm -hmm. um i don't know i i i did a little bit of programming in a college course and that was something that i kind of took to a little bit and i thought oh maybe maybe i should uh, kind of hone my skills there so mm -hmm. uh, i went back to college and did uh, a computing course that was more um geared towards the programming side so I'm, I guess I'm primarily a programmer rather than yeah. an artist. Um, right, right. But an, art, an know, artist in your own way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, being an independent game developer, you do end up having to do pretty much everything yourself. Um, so although I wouldn't say that I'm an expert with uh, 3D modeling, especially when it comes yeah. to characters and faces and all that stuff, um, mm. it is something that I've sort of forced myself to learn. So... So I, I guess I'm primarily a programmer, but I know a lot about uh, 3D modeling, animation, yeah. you know, creating uh, assets with like Photoshop and um, Adobe Animate, uh, all these, these kind of programs. Um, and yeah, I, I, even video editing uh, is, is stuff that I've played around with. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what other aspects there are with the uh, game <laughs> development. It's all just, yeah, there, there's so many different areas. The one area that I kind of struggle with is music. I'm just not mm. very musically. I mean, uh, yeah, all right. I'll give you a pass on that one. It's like, that's a whole nother beast yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. But respect, because, you know, from a, you know, graphic designer myself, I've done it for years. I've been, you know, a skilled professional for years, um, you know, working with clients and all this stuff. Respect to you, because the one thing that I, that I took from that was that you forced yourself to learn. Meaning that yeah, you yeah. took on a task that you weren't comfortable with, possibly, but you wanted to do it because of your passion to do it. We need more of that. <laughs> so kudos, definitely kudos to you on that one. <laughs> so my reaction when I saw the trailer of the game ranged from intrigued to excited to blown away at the idea that you're paying homage to the Aki engine era legend. Uh, legendary games like Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, which, like, if you were a hardcore any, uh, N64 fan who used to buy imports back in the day and you're a wrestling fan, that's a no-brainer for you to get. And, you know, the second one to me, which was the equivalent, which was the uh, Japanese equivalent to No Mercy at the time, but a little bit more robust, like, you're gonna, you're excited as hell to, you know, to, to know that there's a game that's going to try to mimic this experience, if you will. Um you started developing this game around seven years ago, probably a little bit over seven years ago now, with the intention to uh, make it, you know, uh, based on a Scottish uh, wrestling promotion that didn't turn out the way you wanted to, unfortunately. But what would you say, what, what would you have gained from making a game based on that wrestling promotion rather than doing it the way that you're doing it now? Um, what would I have gained? I guess, I guess initially I thought that um, because that Scottish promotion uh they were actually kind of growing um they were in a mm -hmm. stage where they were getting bigger and bigger they actually put on a show um that that, that 
sold out uh, an arena that was it was five thousand uh, tickets they sold for this big arena, yeah. which is that that's not happened uh, in the UK uh, for a very long time. And so this, this yeah. company was getting bigger and bigger. Um, they started getting some stars over from America. Um, some of the guys that they were developing ended up uh, going off and working with WWE. So yeah. it just seemed like that company was becoming bigger and bigger. It became a hotbed of your air of your region. Yeah. Sorry, say that again. I said it became a hotbed for your re- of your region. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There, there were yeah, there were quite a few guys that that kind of passed through there that um, now uh, uh, even even girls as well that are now um, in WWE. Um, a couple of guys that are in TNA as well. Mm-hmm. Or uh, is it still called TNA <laughs> Impact Wrestling? Um, <laughs> right, right. So, it's tomato, it's tomato. Yeah. We still every once in a while we still call it TNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, it, it just seemed like it was kind of gross. The other thing as well is I was friends with a bunch of those guys, mm-hmm. um, so it seemed like uh, it would be a, a nice sort of partnership where you know I got to make a game for my friends and also with with the stars that they were attracting and the growth yeah. that they were getting. It seemed like you know. It, it was it was a recipe for success, um, and yeah. I, I I can see I can kind of see how that would go about because you know a, a successful wrestling game does help bring more notoriety to a wrestling promotion. Plus, it gives you credibility, so it would make sense to do something like that, and you would get full credit for helping to elevate. I mean, let's be real. Let's go back to WrestleMania two thousand. I just had a conversation with. Um, one of my uh, one of the guys I you know I'm on this radio show with uh, Sunday Night's main event in in Canada so every so often and we had this conversation of a quick conversation of whether how imp- how instrumental WrestleMania 2000 was to WWE during that time and I have reason to believe that it really did make a big difference in terms of getting people more kn- knowing about at least especially the gaming community um, more into that product during yeah. the Attitude Era and I, people I, I, for, people forget that. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. And that's something that I didn't really think about until recently, um, where doing these interviews, uh, I, I ended up meeting a couple of people that um, I found out that basically they didn't watch WWE, but they knew a lot of the guys just from playing the games. Exactly. Um, that's something that, I, that surprised me. But funnily enough, I, I sort of had a similar experience to that because... Uh, growing up, I was a big wrestling fan, but I mm-hmm. primarily watched WWF, and so um, I knew kind of—I'd say I knew a lot of the WCW guys, but I didn't really pay attention to the the lower level mid card sort of guys in WCW. But yeah. by playing Revenge and by playing WCW, right. Hunter, um, those games gave me so much more of an appreciation for WCW. Um, so yeah, the, yeah. The, the game by itself uh, does certainly bring. Uh, an audience as well um and like with that company that i was working with i thought well they're growing on their own a video Mm -hmm. game can bring in that audience as well so those two things combined um surely only good things can happen um and i I don't know for some reason i was kind of convinced that um if i had to make up my own characters if it was all fictional characters then people just wouldn't really pay attention to it people wouldn't be interested um, it would be more of a game. I can see it being more of a gamble, but at the same time, if the if the animation is good, if the you know um, if the gameplay is really good, and again, it's based on one of the most beloved engines of all time in terms of wrestling games, it's hard to pass up. Yeah, well, that that was the thought process that eventually convinced me just to go back to it and do it. I thought, well, 
the other thing is as well I love those games so much that even if no one else plays it you know I, I want to make this game for me and if it's and if it's uh if it's a good representation of those old games an updated version a modern version yeah. that's that's my dream game so I thought well I'll, I'll just I'll go back to it I'll do that and as it turns out of course yeah I, I'm not alone <laughs> a, lot <of> people, <laughs> a lot of people do want a, right. a modernized take on that game Absolutely. And speaking of that, you know, game, that era, I mean, just, um, just amazing. And it's, it still holds up. That's the crazy part. So the fact that you're having a little bit more polished, visually polished version of that with the same, you know, aspect, just awesome. You know, we've been waiting for this type of thing for a long time, but what among the list of great games from that, you know, great wrestling games, I should say from the N64 era, did you love playing the most? Uh, well, at the time, um, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time playing Revenge, uh, mm-hmm. and then, but I, I remember seeing like the magazines when um, WrestleMania 2000 was announced, and because I was so familiar with Revenge, and that was my favorite game at the time, I remember mm-hmm. seeing in the magazines all the images of like the, the WWF wrestlers, and of course, I was a WWF fan, so mm-hmm. taking that that game engine. And, you know, I remember seeing, like, pictures of Kurt Angle and, and you know, <laughs> just these early pictures and just being like, oh, my God, this is going to be the best thing ever. Can't wait to get my hands on this. Right. Um, so, yeah, WrestleMania 2000 played. I mean, all, all of them, I guess, I played for, um, for I, I guess they were all my favorite games at one stage. Um, yeah. But then, of course, No Mercy, I guess, that that was the last one with the most amount of content. Um, mm. So I probably ended up playing that one the most. Um, See, have you played you i'm probably a stupid question but you have played virtual pro wrestling in one and two right yeah so um actually one i don't think i've really played much um one is one was one was their wrestlemania 2000 and they you know it was basically the same thing but again they you know japan at the time normally would give us some good stuff and keep the great stuff with them (laughs) (laughs) virtual pro wrestling was one of those games yeah, so, well, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, that was a game that I never had. I never got it, like, uh, an import or anything like that. It yeah. wasn't for, you know, years later where, um, and, of course, I knew that there was an emulation of it. Um, yeah. But, again, it, was, uh, it, w- it wasn't it was in English, um, so navigating the menu system was difficult. Um, mm. Eventually, I found the, the English patch. Um, yeah. So, so I was able to then eventually play through it. Uh, uh, that way and then of course you discovering all the little subtle differences like the uh the mma sort of lock up where it goes into the takedown mm-hmm. uh, yeah just uh, yeah i i remember just being blown away and being like wow there's so much more to this engine that i never knew um so yeah uh, uh, so virtual pro wrestling you know it's, it's hard to say like what one's my favorite because I, I really did spend so much more time playing the other ones but mm-hmm. virtual pro wrestling just has all those other little details that I really like. So it's, it's very hard to pick now what, uh, what the favorite is. See, per, you know, um, you know, permission to be a little bit jealous on the aspect that you used a patch to get the English translation of that rather. Do you know how we had to do it back, back when it was out, I had to go on computer, print out these facts, <laughs> these game facts, just get the translations and everything. And if we wanted to change the names to the names that they were, we had to do it manually. Yeah. I hate this era and I love this era at the same time because of stuff like that. <laughs> I was going to take a guess um, because there was actually another way of doing it, um, which I discovered um, there was an app called Word Lens, 
mm-hmm. um, that you could basically point your phone at the screen and it would translate in real time. I do that or, now. I do that with some, I still buy imports to this day. I still I, I now use Google Translate to do yeah, all of yeah, that yeah. now. <laughs> On the ones that doesn't already have English options to it, it's just like, all right, this is how we roll it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've got a friend actually recently he was telling me he does that with the, the Yakuza games because there's a Yakuza that's set in Japan that's not here. So he does yeah. that. He's got his iPad set up next to the, the TV. <laughs> it's tedious, but you know, you, you, it's the love of the game. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so. You guys put out a Kickstarter campaign, which superseded expectations, it's safe to say, with the original goal being seventeen, a little over 17000 and quickly raised over 60000 from over 1,000 backers. Um, were any of you surprised at this, uh, so this much support? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one because... I obviously put out what the the goal was, and we wouldn't have done the Kickstarter if we thought it was just going to be a complete failure. Um, yeah. So I was very hopeful that there was enough people out there that would be interested, um, but I certainly didn't expect it to take off the way it did. Because um, before we launched the Kickstarter, I'd I'd been messaging loads of uh, media outlets, um, uh, places like Smack Talks and WrestleZone and. Um, just all the biggest names with the biggest uh, followers that I could find. Um, and so I was thinking that it was going to take, if we if we were to be successful in any way, it was going to take for these guys to give us a lot of coverage. Um, but that didn't happen until, it, it wasn't actually until like a couple of days before the Kickstarter ended that we got a video from Smack Talks. Um, there was some interviews uh, done with WrestleZone and a few other ones, but a lot mm-hmm. of the big a lot of the bigger ones just um yeah they didn't give us any coverage so i thought it was going to take to get coverage to to get anywhere with the kickstarter um but yeah like i think it was three days in um we we were up at like thirteen thousand. yeah and that was purely just through uh the trailer uh being released on youtube Um, i think that's when i reached out to you i think when I, i i got connected from youtube and i saw it there and I immediately started doing my research with you, and I, it was at that goal at the time. And then when I reached out to you and went back to that Kickstarter goal, it it, it went, like, exponentially higher in, like, just a few, like, less than a half hour. I'm like, holy crap. And I'm looking at the list of the things that you guys are offering. I'm like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. Hell yes, this is happening. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Um, here, here's a question to this. Um, cause you got, I looked at some of the rings that you guys have and I got to ask which one of you or all of you, which one of you are hardcore ring of honor fans? Um, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd call myself a hardcore ring of honor fan only because, um, I've not seen as much of ring of honor as, uh, as other people who would be considered hardcore fans. Uh, mm. I really like ring of honor, um, but I've just not seen enough of it um, to call myself a hardcore fan. I think uh, you're hardcore enough because one of the rings that you have is called House of Honor. Yeah, and yeah. as a person from Philadelphia who is born into the era of honor, I recognize that that ring is the old school half, you know, half uh, two-tone ring, yeah, which yeah. used to be red and black. And it had the Ring of Honor logo in the middle. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I recognize that on the spot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, we we obviously had we had to do an independent um, promotion, um, 
And of course, like my, I'd say my biggest independent promotion that I was in love with for years was ECW. Um, yeah. And but then it's kind of, yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go, Philadelphia. <laughs> so, um, but it's hard to kind of sort of project that uh, uh, in a unique because I, I wanted the ring to look different from the other rings as well. Yeah. Um, but ECW, if I was to try and make it look like that without any logos, it's just a kind of blue mat, you know, black skirt. And so, can so I yeah, say, I, as a person who's been to both ECW in the ECW arena and Ring of Honor at the Murphy Rec Center and then at the Armory, you made the right choice. Because <laughs> the ECW arena at the time, which is now the 2300 arena, it looks nothing, nothing like it, like it used to yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. So, if you were trying to imitate that, I mean, Bingo Halls is a bingo hall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and did the, the right choice. Is, the other one for ECW would be the Hammerstein Ballroom. With yes. The, the, in New York, would, yeah. That would be a nightmare to try and uh, to try and model that just and uh, coming up to the trailer. So that's something that I'll hopefully be able to make a version of eventually. Um, but yeah, for the trailer, we were trying to do basic, like e- e- easy ones, basically. Whose idea was it to do the trailer in the fashion of Virtual Pro Wrestling 2? Um, so yeah, that that was my idea, and it was basically, um, it was basically be- out of trying to make it easy because mm-hmm. we'd sort of storyboarded lots of different ideas for what the trailer could look like, you know, mm-hmm. um, because because when the game launches, the first uh, chapter of the story mode is going to be the eighties, so we mm-hmm. were theorizing about having, you know, a sort of. Uh, maybe a Hulk Hogan prototype and a Roddy Piper prototype. And that would be the trailer would just be like one match kind of between these two guys. Right. Um, But, you know, so it went through lots of different versions, um, but it was very hard to storyboard because you want the camera to pan a certain way. um, But then you don't want that shot to be next to another shot where it's panning the same way. Yeah. Um, So, so, so just because it was such a struggle to storyboard that on paper, Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually just went and I thought, you know, I'm going to storyboard this by using the intro footage from the uh, from from the game. So I so I got the WrestleMania 2000, Revenge, mm-hmm. Virtual Pro Wrestling. I just got all those intros and each scene. Uh, I, I I chopped it up and then I basically put them in an order that I thought made sense and looked good. Yeah. Um, so then I thought, right, okay, well now I've got my my camera angles. Now I know where where the camera should start, where it should end, and so. And then I thought, Do you know what? People will actually like that. People will yeah. see that as a sort of Easter egg as well. Mm-hmm. So, so that was it, it. Came out of just trying to find an easy way to do it. Um, but yeah, no, I ended up being quite happy with the, the end result. I don't think you're the only one. <laughs> uh, I saw again. I think that might have helped the appeal. I think a lot of people who may be investing in um, this game for you with you guys are people who have that nostalgic feel who've played that game back in the day because, and trust me when I tell you, like of all the Aki games that they came out with that virtual pro wrestling two is the best one by far. Like it, I mean, it is the uh, Japanese equivalent to no mercy, but it's, it's full of, if it was filled with more, you know, options, more features, more everything, the way you hold the belts, all that stuff, the presentation was just so yeah. much better in there. Um, and people, people are, you know, people in, in, in the States here are always into, you know, No Mercy because that's what they played. But had they had the opportunity to play Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, I'm, I assure you that it would have been like a whole new ball game because adding the MMA element as well and having like the pancreas and all that stuff to it, it was just, it was an amazing game. 
Yeah, and um, yeah, he just—it was all those subtle things that I didn't realize were kind of missing from No Mercy. Like, yeah. you know, when you're in a mount as well, you know, you can push uh, the, the the strike button. You'll do exactly and change it up. Uh, obviously, none of that that mechanic just isn't in No Mercy. So, and obviously, that's something that that we're going to try and bring over to the to, to this game as well is to have those. Um, more options uh, for moves and, and situations. Uh, right. But the good thing is because AKI have already done that, we, we kind of have like this blueprint where we, where we know what was sort of acceptable. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun planning out like all, all the different um, ideas for basically, because we want it to be true to the AKI games. Mm -hmm. But because, you know, we're thinking like the, the mount position is a, a good example of you yeah. know, a, a, a position that's not in No Mercy. So mm -hmm. we're sort of theorizing all these ideas of what positions, um, like uh, like maybe maybe instead of just doing a suplex, maybe you get them in that sort of front face lock position, and from there you can change it to a suplex or, or DDT. It just opens up. It gives you right. a lot more options. Um, so that that's definitely an influence that we're, we're taking from AK, especially because of Virtual Pro Wrestling too. Yeah, uh, in that mount position, that that sort of that's kind of the justification for opening it up more. Right. So, to many gamers growing up in the '90s, like myself, um, any wrestling game created by Aki or THQ or published by THQ met with great joy in gameplay, as we are talking about throughout this whole entire interview so far. Anyone claiming to bring back that magic, however, is going to have a lot of intrigue and a bit a little bit of, a little bit of skepticism along the way with it. Is there any pressure to meet those expectations? Um, yeah, I think so, because uh, the community that have been looking for this game, this spiritual successor to the AKI yeah. games, um, and, I, and I know this because I'm one of the people in that community, um, I feel like <laughs> we've been burned so many times before. Um, there yeah. was a TNA game, there was, you know, um, AJ Styles had a moment where he was talking about, you know, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 is the best game ever, like, you know, this is the direction that we're going to go in with, with the TNA game. And right. of course, people get their hopes up. Um, they start thinking this is going to be well. Even AEW fight for forever. There, um, you know, that's that's sort mm -hmm. of another uh, uh, claim that, that it's going to be the spiritual successor. Mm -hmm. And it might be. Um, you know, they, they've obviously got people from AKI and THQ or or Ukes or, or whatever it was that that are actually working on that game. Right. Um, there's certain things when I look at it, like from the gameplay perspective, and I read that they 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 have a sort of a little bit of here comes the pain influence in there as well. Yeah. So there's there's certain things where I see it and I go, ah, that's not quite right. You know, it's it's close, but it's there's something not right there. Um, right. So so even I'm critical of of uh, of of any game that's coming out that, that's claiming that they're going to be the spiritual successor. Right. Um, but yeah, we actually have a uh, discord with like loads of people on there. That's, that are all, they're all basically going to keep me in check and make sure that, I don't <laughs> veer, <laughs> you know, veer too far away from, from the goal. Cause the goal Cause we want you to win. Yeah. <laughs> if you win, we win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and uh, of course there's another guy as well that I should mention called Melon Bread. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're aware of him on Twitter. Uh, he has this whole, uh, hashtag, uh, AKI did you know? Uh, mm. basically he, he just goes into the it's like he can sort of see under the hood he knows all the, the mechanics of, of those games he yeah. knows uh, the actual numbers uh, of mm -hmm. the mechanics uh, and all this stuff so 
So I always, anytime that a new idea comes up, um, where any any new idea we want to do it in an AKI esque way. Um, so Melon Bread's a guy that I often look to, and if there's anything come up where I I don't know the answer, um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll go to him because I know he knows he he knows he knows what it should be to be like AKI. Um, so yeah, I'd say we've got a community of people working together, making sure that we get it right. So that takes some of the pressure off. Awesome. So this will be the second wrestling game, at least here in the U.S., to feature a six-sided ring, which was something that we've only seen in the game in the midway game uh, TNA Impact, um, which was something that wasn't in Virtual Pro Wrestling too. So this is this brings a little bit more intrigue to it, since that ring plays a bit different than your normal traditional four-sided wing uh, ring. Um, were there any challenges into making uh, sure the flow of the rings uh, works as fluent as the traditional? Um, yeah, there is actually a couple of things um, that I didn't realize were going to be a pain in the neck. Um, <laughs> like uh, running off the ropes is fine. Uh, the, the way that the, the, the rope mechanics all work. Um, you know, yeah. Running off the ropes, getting in and out, out the ring. Um, it took a little bit of programming actually to... So if you're in, in a six-sided ring, when you run yeah. off the ropes... You actually mm-hmm. kind of have to almost veer towards the middle of the other ropes um, yeah. in order for it to not, um, you know, because if you run a four-sided ring, you can run all day back and, and forward. But if you mm-hmm. if you run off the six-sided ring and your trajectory is one direction, as soon as yeah. you hit off the other side, next thing you know, you're clipping out and you're running into the turnbuckle. Um, but we actually have all the 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 run the running mechanics are all sound now. Um, they all work well. The one thing that's a pain is. Um, corner moves so if you get someone in the corner the animation will make i realized this when uh we're doing the it's actually in the trailer there's, yeah. a, there's a move where he sort of steps on the second rope and brings in the knee yeah um, so in the four-sided ring when he steps on the rope his foot is in a certain position but in the six-sided ring the ropes are slightly away from you yeah. Um, so his foot doesn't go into that position, so he needs to kind of be rotated towards that side. Um, so that's that's a challenge for certain turnbuckle moves are going to have to be um, slightly different if you're inside the six-sided ring, which means right. uh, doing slightly different animations uh, for a bunch of the turnbuckle moves. Um, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, and just for the record, you guys are bringing back the knockouts, right? Because like that was one of the most and this is one of the things I loved about uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling too. Like, even if you're doing wrestling or if you're doing the MMA side, the knockouts just look so brutal. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they yeah, just I mean, crumble to the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, one thing I, I loved about the, uh, you know, even before, uh, this might have been in Virtual Pro Wrestling uh, 1, actually, because that, mm-hmm. that was basically identical to WCW World Tour. Yes. Um, so they had uh, Joe Bruiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I used to love going him. Just it, it wasn't fair if you were against your friend because he could just <laughs> knock you out very quickly. But uh, there was something fun about just taking Joe Bruiser and beating up all the you know going in Hulk Hogan, all the guys coming at you. You just knocked them out like within. <laughs> and the sound effect too was even hilarious. Yeah, the- <laughs> exactly. It sounded like it just a bunch of bricks just hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, what other what other game modes or features from the N sixty four games uh, are you most excited about bringing back to Ultimate Pro Wrestling for fans to enjoy? 
Uh, one thing that I look forward to is, um, you know, those games never had a referee. Uh, that but, is right. But they did have um, they did have a guest referee match. Mm-hmm. So, so no mercy did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and because they they had that in the game, they actually have a ton of animations um, mm-hmm. for for what the referee would have done during countouts, during pins. Um, so you know because the, the animations are there, and um, I wonder actually, I'm I'm, not, I'm actually now trying to think if you can do a guest referee match with AI with the. With the computer being the referee, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you can. Um, I if you can. To my recollection, no, it was only a one player. It was like you had to be a one player because yeah. that that was very new at the time. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think possibly. And you could do fast counts, so you could do slower counts or whatever, manipulate the situation however yeah, you yeah. wanted to. So, so yeah, I guess it's a it's a way of sort of looking at that and saying, all right, well now we know kind of what AKI games would have looked like had they had a referee. Yeah. Um, so we can sort of look at that, study it, and bring that into Ultra Pro Wrestling and have the referee there with in, in every match. Um so that Good. that changes like the, the, the whole it changes the whole game, you know. So it really does. I mean, I, I t- you I didn't it didn't dawn on me until you actually said that. That's the one thing that it was missing because I don't know I see that was the crazy part about those um games is that they had the ability to do, you know, triple threat matches or, you know, three-way matches and four-way matches, but they never thought about putting a referee in, you know, at least for the two, the one-on-ones. <laughs> That's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I you're mean, able to do, but you're, but for what I understand, you're doing more with this one. So like, you're able to do multiple people at one, we're doing battle royals and stuff like that. So you're going to be able to implement a referee within the six-man, you know, tags or tag team matches as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, it's we, we've not fully uh, tested, you know, ten guys in the ring with the referee and and all the AI working seamlessly. Um, but we, I have to believe that you know, in this day and age, with uh, with the uh, the modern technology nowadays, um, yeah. I mean, you see some of these uh, you know video demonstrations of Unreal, where you know you, you just get crowds of people. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's going to be an issue. I don't. It's not something I can properly say just now because I've not been able to test it. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, Wrestling Empire, M. Dickey's game. Um, yeah. He he has like twenty guys in the ring all at once, and it's it's all chaos. But so I'm glad you I, said the word chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But when I see that, it makes me think, like, wow, what would a No Mercy engine look like with 10 guys in the ring? And, and you know what that – it's funny because I'm probably one of the rare people that is not a fan of that game. Oh, <laughs> only, yeah. pref- only for the fact – you know, here's the thing. I reckon M. Dickey, much respect to him because he did it himself. Yeah, yeah. But if he had, like – Three, maybe three people like you guys, like you had, or you know, other developers had. That game could have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, he's been doing it for he's been doing it for decades, and it's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I reckon he's in the same position uh, as me a lot of the time. Where, um, b- before I had the office as well, and before I had people, um, mm-hmm. people to help me. You know, it's like, like I said, like I'm primarily a, a programmer, and yeah. everything else. You kind of have to just try and pick up and do what you can when you can. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not easy. There's just there's so many elements to, to video game development that um, 
Yeah, it's, it's not easy. I'm sure they are, but he's he's gained a – to me, the way I see it, he's gained a fan base, a really hardcore cult fan base at this point. And you got to believe that, like, one or two people may be inspired to want to work with him to see what – you know, the, like, there's a lot of potential in that game, but it's just like I've, – I've talked to indie developers who – Work who reach out to people and work to people, and I don't understand why he hasn't done it yet. I think he could have done an even better job than he has with having better, more people with him. Like yeah. he's he's constructed a really good template for himself with that game and trying to make it to what you guys are trying to do. But he's doing it all on his own, and and again, credit to him for doing all that on his own at, at best. Yeah, um, that's actually one thing that that surprised me as well. Um, with uh, you know after we launched the Kickstarter, uh, the amount of people that I've had reach out um, and just obviously they love the API games, so they want yeah. this to be the best it can be. Um, so you know we we now have like for years this was me just on my own doing this. Um, yeah. And we now have there's a guy who manages our Discord server. Uh, you know there's mm -hmm. a guy who's creating graphics for the for the menu system. Um, yeah. There's a guy who's doing the menu system layout. Um, you, oh, we've just got, we've got a guy who's doing the the, uh, the fans. We one of the Kickstarter thing is we had yeah. uh, the super fan option, so people can mm -hmm. send us their photos, and they're going to be actual fans in the game. So there's yeah. a, there's a guy who's working with us uh, to texture them. So mm -hmm. yeah, we've just had lots of people reach out and and just say we love this game. We want to you know we we want to make it the best it can be and and, yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's I feel like. I feel like there. I think what stem what makes that problem happen is that the inability for people to be social and to reach out to other people, you know, not be, not being afraid to be, you know, t turned down or not to be afraid to just, you know, have situations where you're, you know, you're not going to get what you want, but it, you won't know until you reach out. And I think yeah. that a, a lot of people do that. Like, it had that not be, we wouldn't be talking right now. I wouldn't yeah. have had to show you wouldn't be able to do your game like but if people start to become more social and network and reach out and from a business aspect things happen <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, i'll just say as well for anyone watching if they have reached out um i know there's people that have messaged me and i've not had time to get back to them mm -hmm. um, so if there's anyone watching me this message um and i've not got back to you yet just give, give me some time and, and i will <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of like talking about people who have, you know, had developers before I had Mike Herman. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's the lead developer for um, RetroSoft um, games, which he's like in Collegeville. He's like a few miles away from me, but he was he's the lead developer for Retromania Wrestling. If you ever got a chance to check that game out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did the same thing. He had the same ambition as you did. He had the same throwback ambition. He wanted to create WrestleFest again. And he to my to his credit, he did. Um, he did a lot with that game, but, uh, you know, I had him on the show a couple of years ago. Um, and one of the biggest challenges, uh, that he had was making sure that the game was compliant with every single console requirement, especially Nintendo with their, due to their, uh, Joy-Con, uh, schematics. Um, what are some of the challenges that you are all facing, if any? Um, I think, I think the online mode is going to be a challenge because, uh, one thing we want to do is have it cross-platform, um, yeah. and that's something that I've not uh, played around with. I've not experimented with cross-platform mechanics. Yeah. Um, so it's still new. It's still, I mean, honestly, it's still fairly new. Yeah, yeah. To the point that, like, you know, is it worth 
trying at the moment, like implementing that in the first stage of the development of that, or is it something that you think that you should wait on? (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, that that, that is something that's going to come further down the line. We have a sort of uh, checklist of things we have to go through, and um, the the priority just now is getting the one-on-one demo uh, finished. (laughs) Right. Um, So we do have a lot of time before we have to sort of worry about any of those other hurdles, but um, yeah, it's the... It's the online mode with the the, the crossplay functionality because what I don't want is I don't want people to have to unlock costumes and and wrestlers in one game. And the such, we call it the two K. We call it the two K thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I it really hit me with the uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, mm. I think you know I, I had that on the Switch for my son. Um, mm-hmm. We yeah we we downloaded all the characters and it was all like paid DLC for all the characters yeah and um and then I got on PS4 and then I realized that oh wait yeah we don't have any of those characters we we would need to buy them all again and I was oh so oh that sucks yeah so I was like no if you know with with Ultra Pro Wrestling that's not happening it, it would be if if you've bought the character it's available across platform. So that's, that's awesome. That's the that goal. would be absolutely. That would be awesome. I think that's the reason why I just pick like if I'm because I, you know, I have a PS5 and I have a Switch as well. And it's like if I'm going to do this in Steam to that extent every once in a while, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to just point blank, just have it on one deal that I know I'm going to, you know, work with yeah. focus on the most. So, you know, it just depends on the game or whatever. But yeah, cross play, you know, for for data transfer and, and save data transfer. Be awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I sometimes take the switch as well. If we go, if, if we travel somewhere, you know, the switch is a, a good handheld to take with you. And so yeah. I like to think about people that you know maybe play, they they play this game on their PS4 or their PS5, uh, where you know the graphics might be slightly upscaled. Yeah. Um, but then in the morning when they're on the train going to work, they can just grab their switch and, and yeah. they can just pick up and play the same game. There you uh, go. So yeah. <laughs> so. Sam, I want to thank you. First of all, I got two more questions for you, but I want to say thank you. I'm having a great time, and this is an awesome opportunity to learn about your company and your ambitions in this project. It's just been a great thing, and um, this is what to make this is what makes the world go round. <laughs> so, you guys have the destination date of August 2024, according to your Kickstarter page, with some of the work already in development or already developed prior to the campaign um what are chances we could see this uh sooner not to jump the gun or anything <laughs> uh, yeah i guess well the biggest challenge is um right now it's the animations the animations mm-hmm. take a long time to animate and to smooth out and to get right yeah um so and that's one of the reasons that there's such a a, a big delay on there um and you know luckily with the kickstarter uh, we got enough money that we can now fund the development of that um, there is still some challenges with, um, you know, if, if we need to, uh, basically if, if, if we were in a position where we had more money, right. um, we'd be able to hire more people and we yeah. could get it quicker. Um, but obviously I think the last, the last goal that we had, the last stretch goal, uh, was 80,000 pounds. Right. And so, so yeah, the, uh, the, the projections that we had were slightly based on, on if we were to hit that. Um, so yeah, I, I still think that we can get it done by that time. Right. Um, and the other thing is as well, is we're, we're actually still getting money through on like Patreon and stuff. Um, so that's helping us justify hiring more people uh, in the meantime. 
Yeah. Um, the only thing is if if if, uh, if if we end up like if the if the money keeps going down basically, and we still have a chunk of time left or a chunk of animations left to do, um, that could cause some some delays. Um, mm. But as as of right now, um, we're in a good position. Um, we're in a good position to um, well the the one on one demo. If we if we focus on that first, um, yeah, I think we've sort of scheduled that for November. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's actually given us. We, we now, just for, just to clarify, November of two thousand twenty-four. <laughs> um. Oh no, that's the one-on-one demo would be November of this year. Oh, awesome! Um, oh, that yeah, will be so, really awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess we we just kind of have to track that and see if we hit that goal, which we should, because we've actually gave ourselves quite a bit of time. We right. we we hope it will be finished uh, before November. Um, but November's a kind of like you know, um, just just making sure we have that extra buffer, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, final question, and this is pertaining to the Nintendo Switch because this is an area that you know, when it comes to wrestling games, it's uh, it's been a bit of an issue here. Like Nintendo Switch has struggled with having a definitive 3D wrestling title in its uh, successful established library of games on an eShop. WWE 2K18, I shred even mentioning that, was considered the worst game on the Nintendo Switch for failing to create a stable port uh, of the uh, of the game on that platform. Um, I still remember Seth Rollins just, you know, trying to hype this thing up on that promo just to make it seem like he was playing it. I know he's not playing that game at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> he kayfabe that whole thing. But we have, um, we've seen... Uh, AEW, like we spoke in, uh, just previously to talk about that they were wanted to be the saviors of the Switch, uh, with Fight Forever coming soon, whenever that comes. Um, while it is important to make sure that all of the games run greatly on console, on all consoles, do you feel that is even more important for you guys to make sure that it plays, uh, fluently on the Switch? Uh, yeah, the, the Switch is definitely, uh, important because, well, for one reason, um, this is a, an AKI sort of tribute game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, AKI they they were made popular on the Nintendo. They were na- made popular on the N sixty four. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, Nintendo is definitely something that we want to we we kind of need this game to be on. Um. I think with the with the two K games, it is a challenge for them to do uh, their games on the N- Nintendo Switch because they focus so heavily on the realistic graphics. Yeah. Um And that just yeah that, that it's just it's difficult to take like a PS five game that's that's really graphic uh, yeah. and, and port that to the, the Nintendo Switch. Luckily for us... Um, I mean, well, you we say that, but here's the thing. NetherRealm Games successfully did it when they brought Mortal Kombat 11. Virtually the same thing, just toned down the graphics a little bit, made it a little frame rate down just a bit, but they, no, they actually kept the frame rate up, but the, the graphics was kind of diluted a bit, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah. If, I think with Mortal Kombat, um, I'm not too familiar with the most recent game, but uh, mm-hmm. when you've only got two characters on on the screen, yeah, um, that, yeah, you know, you can scale down the graphics a little bit, and it's and it's not too bad. With the yeah. WWE game, um, all those fans in the audience, that's fans in the audience, the amount of features, the yeah. content, the ability to create your own characters, it, it is robust. It, it yeah. probably it it probably exploited. The Nintendo Switch's capabilities too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. As I think there is always ways to to optimize and to scale down. Um, 
And again, this is something that we'll be able to properly test closer to release. The other thing as well is the Switch. Um, supposedly there's a new Switch version coming out as well. Um, so we're going to wait and see what happens with that because if that's yeah. just an updated uh, you know, version of the Switch, then yeah. that will be the version that we'll probably release on. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll probably try and have two, um, but we'll, we'll need to see what N Nintendo come out with. Uh, but if it is upgraded and upscaled and, and everything, then it, it might make the whole process easier for us. Yeah. There'll be less optimization required. What would you hear? Uh, what rumors did you hear were promising to this? Because I'm wondering, like, is in terms of processing power, maybe or. I mean, I would imagine it would have to be like if they're going to do an upgraded version of the Switch. I would because the OLED is pretty damn good itself on its uh, self yeah, right well, now. Well, that's it. Their last update wasn't really um, an update in terms of processing. It was just you know screen a screen space. expansion. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that this next update would be. Um, I don't even know if it's going to be called the Switch. Like, I, it might be yeah. like a whole new console. Um, God, it better not. I can't. I can't take going in lines again. And traveling to New York and all that stuff again just to get this thing. Um, yeah, so I guess I don't know. We'll just see. We'll we'll play it by ear. We'll see what it come what, what happens when it comes out. Well, Sam, thank you so very much. Uh, this has been awesome. I'm very excited about this uh, game coming soon. And uh, man, we for as a Switch owner myself, we desperately I, I need that wrestling on the go experience because that if this comes off the way we want, I, this will be my main. <laughs> guarantee I'll, I'll i'll do my best to make that happen <laughs> so thank you on behalf of yourself and all the teams up there and um we wish you the best so before we head off um feel free to plug everything that's going on with your world including this game and uh let people know where they can find you um yeah i guess i mean we're, we're now back into we went through a whole promotion stage during the kickstarter but the kickstarter is done now um so we don't really have anything to promote um, if you want to help us, um, the, we, we do have a Patreon account. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash ultra pro wrestling. I think that's what it is. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media, Twitter is probably the, the best place. That's where we have the most uh, engagement. Um, and we also have a Discord as well, which anyone's welcome to join. The link sometimes runs out. So if you want to be on the Discord, um, just send me a message, uh, tweet at us, whatever, uh, and we'll send you the link. Awesome. Sam, thank you so much. It's been awesome. I, I, like I said, I wish you guys the best, and I'm looking forward to this game uh, in, in uh, next year. So we, we'll see. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much. The heat is on for wrestling games these <laughs> Folks, I hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Talk Time Live. On behalf of myself and Sam, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games, and in this case, wrestling. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and have a great day. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.